This is Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge on News Talk 770 Radio, Calgary's breaking news and conversation station. Well, here we go. Welcome to this hour of the program. Rob Breckenridge with you here in this Friday afternoon. 403-974-8255 is a number. Got a lot more to get to in this hour. Angela Cocott and Gord Gillies have the Friday free-for-all coming up after 3 o'clock. Uh, so plenty of time today for you to have your say. Now, we're expecting probably next week to finally see the legislation from the Trudeau government to legalize marijuana. They're taking their sweet time getting around to this, but it does sound as though it's going to happen. We don't yet know what that's going to look like. In the meantime, there are certainly activists who I think in a way can claim some victory here, but are still pushing the issue, pushing the government to to act and, and really putting the government on the spot. And one of them is Dana Larson. Dana Larson uh, is a BC marijuana activist and has been involved in what he calls the Overgrow Canada Tour. You can read more at overgrowcanada.org. Uh, he is back here in Calgary. Things uh, didn't go so well last time he was in town. As event tonight, 7 o'clock in the Forest Heights Community Association. Dana, great to have you here. Welcome to the program. Hey, it's wonderful to be back in Calgary. Uh, is it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to tonight. I think we're going to have a good turnout. And I'm, I'm not really anticipating any problems, although I didn't anticipate any problems last time either. Right. And let's talk about what happened. Well, first of all, let's talk about what the Overgrow Canada Tour is, so people maybe understand why police were, were at your event. You're basically, you're giving away marijuana seeds. Well, they're cannabis seeds. It's actually a low THC, high CBD variety that I'm giving away. Uh, last year, we ended up giving away over two and a half million seeds all across the country. And this year, I'm aiming for five million seeds. And wow. uh, it's, it's going really well. People are excited. And, and the idea is I want Canadians to take some of these seeds and plant them in their own community in public places or on their own front lawn if they're brave <laughs> enough to, to normalize cannabis cultivation and, and treat this plant like any other plant that just grows openly and freely and no one really worries about. It. I do, by the way, and I'm curious, I find it interesting that if it, people are able to just plant seeds and grow marijuana plants outside, why are we so worried about people growing their own? We're, we're told that you need all this expensive equipment, you got to turn your house into a grow-up, basically. So is it easy to grow or isn't it? Well, it's easy to grow cannabis, but to grow perfect medical grade cannabis is harder, right? I mean, okay. just growing a nice plant for ornamental purposes or to get some buds off it or an extract isn't that hard. But to make perfect nugs medical grade, it takes a bit more effort. But you can certainly grow high quality cannabis outdoors. And the main reason people grow indoors is just because it's easier not to get caught when you grow indoors. Ah, okay. Well, that makes sense. Um, what is the law? How does the law apply to seeds, though? You can't get high off a seed. Well, technically, seeds are against the law, but you know, there's at least 17 places here in Calgary that sell marijuana seeds over the counter and advertise that yeah. very openly, and they're they're sold all across the country. Technically, bongs are illegal in Canada too, and and that law used to get enforced a lot in the 90s, but the police kind of gave up on that because nobody really cared, and a lot of bong shops kept opening up, and so it's very rare. They still happen, but bong raids are very rare, seed arrests are very rare. I think I'm the first person to face charges for selling or giving away cannabis giving seeds away. In, in a very long time in Canada, and I expect my charges will be dropped before we go to trial. But you haven't had that, that happen to you anywhere else. No, and, and after Calgary, I thought, oh, great, that was the second stop on my tour last year. I thought, well, this is going to happen in every single city now. It's going to be a long tour, but we went to 21 right. more cities. Nothing happened, and this year, Calgary is the last stop on my tour, so I've already been all across the country from Victoria to St. John's, and not a single police officer is deemed it necessary to show up, and nor should they. I mean, they should have more important things to be dealing with. 
I would think so. I mean, I don't know how closely you follow uh, events in Alberta, but we've got a huge strain on our legal system right now. We've got a lot of cases that are falling apart because we can't get them to trial on time. Why do we want to make that situation even worse, right? Yeah, that's happening all across Canada, actually, but definitely. Yeah. And, you know, and that's one of the reasons. I was nervous about coming back here, and I wasn't sure if I should, but when I was reading those stories and seeing how many serious charges are being dropped all, all across the country, especially in Alberta, I thought I need to go back and, and keep making this point and keep giving out seeds. All right, so I think it was, was it May of last year? year is that right yeah it would have been, it would have been april, no, april last was year. it april okay yeah. and so what in, what became of that have you had you came back to appear in court once didn't you oh yeah i'm still on bail actually Are and really? uh, i've got a hearing on may 9th and 10th a preliminary hearing here and then we've got a trial that'll be scheduled for next year that i just can't believe any judge is going to want to actually put me on trial for this but if it goes forward maybe while they're introducing the the full legalization legislation that they say is coming uh, next year i'll be on trial for giving away these seeds so basically what happened last time is you were at your event, similar to what's going to happen tonight. The police were there. So we don't know what's going to happen tonight. Yeah, I mean, it's at a different location tonight, and it's a bit of a different setup. But basically, I give a half an hour to 45-minute talk about the hidden history of cannabis in Canada, and I tell some stories and anecdotes about the last 400 years of this plant and how important it is to our country. And then at the end, everybody gets a little envelope with some seeds and a few little cards and information in it. And it's all very civilized, really. It's not like some big, crazy event or anything. Right. But, but uh, yeah, the police showed up last time in quite large numbers. And then they actually arrested one of our volunteers who had gone back to our vehicle to get some more seeds. And so I went out and talked to the police and I kind of made them arrest me, but I would only have done that if because they'd already arrested one yeah. of our volunteers and I didn't want someone else taking the rap on my behalf at my event. I couldn't let that guy <laughs> just get taken away. Right. And they dropped, they let him go. They kept me. And I think if someone's going to get charged there, it should be me. But I said the police and they were all aside from showing up and arresting me, they were all friendly. They didn't yeah. abuse me or treat me poorly. They were polite and got me food and coffee and took care of me and everything. But, but, uh, I really felt on their part too that they would just rather be doing something else than spending their time with me uh and what did they do with the seeds by the way uh, they well, there's actually a funny story there because they seized the seeds that were in our van. But to get arrested, I actually put like I gave people seeds in front of the police, and I put five <laughs> seeds in my hand, and I showed them to the officer, and he was like, "Okay, well, I guess I'm going to arrest you." And then they took those seeds for me when I went to the spend the night in jail, and yeah. in the morning when I left, they gave me all my clothes back, and they gave me the bag with those five seeds in it back to me. And I was like, "Wait a minute, I just and so I took it, but I I still have them now, <laughs> not on me, but I've, I kind of kept them. But it just kind of showed." was that they didn't even put those seeds into evidence. The only seeds that they actually had out of my hand, they just gave them back to me. It was kind of strange. Really? By the way, is it obvious that they're marijuana seeds? I don't, I don't know what a marijuana seed looks like, but how do they know it's not like... Uh to grow carrots or something. Well, that's the trick in Canada because sterilized seeds are allowed. Only only viable seeds are banned in Canada. So to actually be able to charge me, they have to grow the seeds and show that they're cannabis plants and that they can actually grow. Oh, really? and, uh, and so it makes it a big hassle in terms of proving that because if the seeds aren't viable, it's not against the law. And I, I you know, maybe the police are growing my seeds and taking evidence. <laughs> they had to do that with Mark Emery back in the day when they yeah, charged right. him in the 90s for selling seeds. The Vancouver police had to grow them out and they had some trouble getting them growing the first time but yeah it's, it's a huge hassle for a very little result yeah, the funny thing is with mark emory too as i understand it he actually paid taxes on the money he got from selling seeds and declared that as the source of his income and revenue canada didn't seem to mind 
<laughs> no, absolutely. He paid all of his taxes and uh, and then you know faced extradition to the U.S. Ultimately, yeah. but but when he was charged in Canada, the penalties were very minimal: fines and and really small penalties for selling cannabis seeds. So it's only exporting that gets treated seriously by our neighbors. But in terms of Canada, the last person to be convicted of cannabis seed selling got like a five hundred dollar fine. Now, now, all these seeds you're giving away, where are you getting them from? I've got a friend who's okay. a farmer and has a large quantity of seeds and has diverted several buckets my way. Now, you flew here to Calgary today. Is that yes. true? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um, the seeds are here waiting for you. They took a ride with you. Uh, we normally send packages ahead to each okay. place. So we, guys, we, have, we, have, so we sell books and, and my infused MJ creams as well and, and that, and those are quite heavy. So we send a box of books and creams and, and seeds ahead to each location. And, gotcha. But it's not, nobody's concerned about sending seeds in the mail. I mean, that's not a, you know. Yeah. Um, and now let's, let's talk about where things are going in Canada because, you know, as I said in the introduction, marijuana, we think, is going to be legalized. We don't exactly know what that's going to look like. And in terms of people growing their own, we, we don't know that either. But the question's been put, I think, to you probably, to other activists, that why not just declare victory and see how this all plays out? Well, you know, back in the 1970s, Canadians thought marijuana was about to be legalized, and Normal Canada actually had a legalization victory party in the late 1970s. Okay. So they declared victory back then, and it has not changed. And, and you know, if the, if the Liberals were serious about ending the war on cannabis, they would stop arrest for possession right away. Yeah. And they have not done that. They have not changed a single one of Harper's mandatory minimum laws. They're talking a good game, and maybe something is coming, but I don't think that on July 2nd of next year, we're going to be able to buy legal cannabis in stores. I don't think arrests are going to stop. I think we've got many more years of this ahead. I think it's going to be a lot slower than they're saying. And I think that, and I think the reason they're talking about legalization now is not because they, they think cannabis is good and prohibition is wrong. It's because they've lost control of prohibition because so many Canadians are defying these laws with huge events, with businesses and dispensaries opening up all across the country that they're trying to regain control through some kind of uh, uh, regulation in that. But ultimately, Canadians are going to continue to rise. Dispensaries are going to be here for a very long time to come. And that's really, to me, much more interesting what's happening on the ground in every city than what's happening in Ottawa. Yeah. Well, and we talked about Mark Emery, the fact that he and his wife and, and some others were recently arrested. What, what did that signal to you? It signals to me that, that the Toronto police are, are trying to make an example out of certain people that are high profile and running their dispensaries in a very obvious way. But, but the irony there is that while they're raiding the cannabis culture dispensary, often there's another one right next door doing the exact same thing that they're leaving alone. And so although raids are challenging and, and difficult, and it's, it's going to be hard for Mark and Jody, but, but overall, dispensaries are winning this battle. There are far, the vast majority of dispensaries in Canada have never been raided. And the majority of those that have been raided have successfully reopened. So although there has been some shutting down and there has been challenges, there are more dispensaries in Canada than ever before. And they are being licensed and regulated by their cities at an increasing rate. And I expect as the federal government delays legalization and it takes more years, a lot of cities are just going to start doing doing what Vancouver and Victoria and many other cities are doing and start offering licenses to those dispensaries.
Well, okay. So if the liberals come back and say uh, each city gets one government-operated nine-to-five marijuana store, and that's it, <laughs> uh, that we got to shut down all the dispensaries. I mean, is that still legalization? Is that still a victory? What what should it look like after it's legalized? Well, what they're saying they're going to do is that the federal government's going to download most of it to the provinces, except for who can grow. They're going to keep the mm-hmm. power to issue those grow permits, which are like gold. There's only forty companies right now, and they they're all worth tons of money but they're barely providing any cannabis they mostly run out on a on a regular basis you know to me legalization of cannabis means it should be widely available and cheaply priced it should be uh, available in the same wide variety of ways that alcohol and, and tobacco are at corner stores at restaurants at cafes at specialized cannabis shops at dispensaries at pharmacies people should be able to to grow their own as well maybe in limited quantities to begin yeah. with but in the long run it should be treated like other plants uh, so that's the kind of legalization that I want to see. So limited quantities. What do you think is reasonable to say that you, Dana Larson, at your house, you can grow, what, three, four... 10, 20? You know, if you're going to make a limit, I'd, I'd make it on canopy size and not on plant numbers, because if you can grow a number of plants, people will grow them quite large. I don't really think there needs to be any limit at all in the long run, but I can see people wanting to put a limit in the beginning. But mm-hmm. if I want to grow a dozen plants or two dozen plants outside in my backyard, I don't see any problem with that. If I want to grow indoors, I think safety issues and electricity and making sure you're not damaging the property is important. But those things are more about how you grow cannabis, not whether you can grow cannabis. And then, so then if I'm your neighbor, why what could I just buy from you? I don't want to grow it, but I don't want to walk down to the store. Dana's got some growing in his yard. Well, you know, with alcohol, if you brew alcohol at home, you're allowed to share it with your friends for right. non-commercial transfer. There's definitely alcohol that gets sold to friends and deals are made and things like that on a family basis, you know, and sure. that'll probably happen with cannabis too, and I'm not sure that's the end of the world, but if you want to sell it in a store, I think there needs to be regulation. If I buy organic cannabis, I want it to be organic. If I buy a cannabis edible that's has a certain potency, I want to know what that potency is going to be when I buy it. So the same kind of rules we put on other food products. And other consumables, but yeah. I don't think we need special restrictive rules or, or heavy taxes on cannabis. Right. So it's be like if I'm growing potatoes in my yard. I, I, get, say, I can know, send some your way, right? Similar to that, yeah. I imagine we'll have a few more restrictions on the yeah. potatoes, but <laughs> but I don't think we need a lot. And, and cannabis is not like a dangerous plant or something that if it's growing, it's going to cause harm to people. It's it's harmless, especially in its you know growing natural form. All right. Dana, stand by here. We're going to take a break, and we'll come back. We'll talk a bit more about tonight's event, overgrowcanada.com. It's uh, 7 o'clock tonight. The Forest Heights Community Association, 4909 Forgo Ave is where it all goes down tonight. Dana Larson's in studio with us. We're back with more right after this. Uh, Welcome back. Overgrowcanada.com. I think I said org earlier, but it's overgrowcanada.org. Let's do it again. .com, right, Dana? We shouldn't have smoked that joint before the interview. That was a big mistake. (laughs) Man, oh, man. Dana Larson's in studio with us. Uh, He's uh, appearing tonight, this uh, event in Calgary. We'll see if it goes differently than last time. In the meantime, let's uh, go to the phones here. Uh, Terry, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Rob. Uh, I'd like to ask your guest, uh, I'm assuming he's a frequent user. Does it lead to harder drugs and harder substances like uh, cocaine or heroin or whatever? No. In fact, I would say it's the opposite. For, for a lot of people that I know, it, it, cannabis is a gateway away from those kind of substances. Uh, there's a lot of people that use cannabis to deal with withdrawal symptoms or to stop using alcohol or tobacco or cocaine or, or opiates and things like that. There's actually two great studies out of the U.S. recently showing that American states that have cannabis dispensaries specifically, not just legal medical marijuana, but dispensaries, have significantly lower rates of opioid use and opioid overdoses than the states that don't. 
And so that's one of the reasons I think if they're really serious about stopping this fentanyl crisis, one part of the solution should be to put a moratorium on dispensary arrests. Yeah, and one other question, Rob. I'd like mm-hmm. to know, are you on a doctor's prescriptions other than, like, are, are you any, on a, any kind of painkillers at all? Or are... Me? Well, I'm, I'm, not. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not either. I, I just use cannabis. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, it, it seems to me that you, you consume the marijuana and you're not going to the doctor for other prescriptions or whatnot. It was, was my point. Oh, absolutely. And at our dispensary, we see people all the time who reduce their use of, of pharmaceuticals because they're using cannabis. And there was a study a couple of years ago that showed that, that medical cannabis uh, users tend to drop their number of other pharmaceuticals that they're using. Good news. Thank you, sir. Well, there you go. Interesting. Terry, appreciate the phone call. Um, it had someone else text us here, 403 at 974 Do you think it's possible for a dispensary to open up in Calgary? I mean, the, the laws are basically the same across the country. I know Vancouver as a city has taken a different approach. Uh, I think some other cities have been a little, little firmer in drawing the line. But, but why has it been so uneven in terms of what we're seeing from city to city? Well, most most cities are tolerating dispensaries by 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 and large. Uh, you know, there's ten dispensaries in Halifax when I was there that are operating pretty openly, and there's lots of other parts of the country. Uh, raids get a lot of attention, but they're really the exception more than the rule. Uh, I think you could open a dispensary in Calgary. P- part of my talk that I give is how to open a dispensary, and I make recommendations like maybe having a storefront isn't necessarily always a, a good idea. Doing a mm-hmm. delivery service can be very effective. You can get medical cannabis to patients uh, by car or even by mail. And it's a way to uh, to circumvent just sitting there with all your cannabis and money in one spot, waiting for the police to show up. Yeah, but we call well, we call it a dispensary, and I guess some are meant specifically for medicinal marijuana patients. But a lot of them, I mean, they're just marijuana stores, aren't they? Yeah, well, you know, my dispensary is an interesting example. We opened in 2008, and we started off very strictly medical for the first eight years or so of our operation. And about a year ago, we switched to, uh, I still consider it medical, but we call it non-prescription medical cannabis. So (laughs) it's the same product. We provide all the same guidance and advice. We just no longer require a a doctor's recommendation to buy it. And and so, you know, whether a dispensary is a recreational or or personal use, whether it focuses on medical use, I I think they're all useful. But... uh, it's a, it's an emerging industry and, and one that is uh, uh, being uh, run very differently in different parts of the country. Right. So if I came in, you'd probably ask to see my ID because you wouldn't, you know, I'm, I'm pretty young looking. And uh, but that would be it, basically. Yeah. Although said for the first <laughs> eight years, we, we had different protocols and you could still get a medical membership with us. And we offer certain benefits for those who do that. But, yeah, we'll sell to any adult as long as you have ID. And should I mean, should 18 be the age? I would, I would actually think 16 might be a good age. And you know yeah. who else recommended that was Canada's Senate. Uh, when they put out a very comprehensive study into cannabis uh, legalization, they recommended 16 as being the age. But really, I'm happy with it being the same as alcohol. And, you know, younger than that, it should be up to parents and a family decision, right? Minors can drink alcohol legally, but their parents have to provide it to them in that way. And I think if a 17-year-old or parents want to smoke a joint with their 17-year-old, that shouldn't be a crime, uh, just like it wouldn't be a crime to have a glass of wine with your child. What about those who say, yeah, it's one thing, you know, fully grown adults, marijuana is really harmless, but for the developing brain, we hear that that it can be problematic. At 19, you're an adult in Canada. 18 or 19, you're an adult. You can go to war and get shot at. That's not good for the developing brain either. No. Uh, and, and really, cannabis, is, it, a lot of those fears are very overblown. And especially if you look at the fact that when people use cannabis, they're often not using other substances. So regardless of how you feel about cannabis, it's safer than alcohol. It's safer than tobacco. And if a person is going to be using some substance to relax or enjoy themselves, cannabis is the best choice.
Uh, another text here says, ask your guest how much is considered recreational and how much does he take? Uh, I mean, I don't think recreational is meant to quantify an amount. I think it's to define the reasons why it's being used. I don't right? really like the word recreational myself. I prefer personal call? use. I mean, yeah. recreational is kind of a sort of makes it seem kind of silly or trivial. And I think it's important. But when people ask me how much cannabis I smoke, I say all of it. <laughs> Yeah, okay, that's one way to put it. Uh, in terms of where we're going to allow Canadians to, to use, and, and that's an issue now they've run into in, in some of the U.S. states have legalized, um, that's pretty much you're confined to your home, it seems like. Yeah, I mean, I think we need to have public spaces where you can use cannabis or like, you know, like the same we have bars and places where you can use alcohol and other things. And I think if we don't provide an indoor space where you can use and people are going to use outdoors and I find the smell of cannabis quite pleasant, but not everybody does. And if you want to keep that off of the street, then you got to provide a safe indoor space to do it. I also think that that legalization and will allow more options than just smoking and that you know, some folks are always going to want to smoke joints, but using those vaporizer pens or extracts or capsules or other things, those will become more accessible, more reliable, and, and I think more widely used under legalization. So I think that legalization will mean less people smoking cannabis and more people consuming it in other ways. Yeah, well, that's an interesting point because it comes up a lot, you know, that once we legalize, we're, how are we going to catch uh, people driving? We don't have a breathalyzer for marijuana. And, and I've often wondered, well, why is that an issue if we, you know, even if we do legalize, if we don't, we still have that problem. It seems to me we're going to have basically the same number of people using now as we will then, right? It, it know, doesn't change that dynamic. American states that have, that have legalized medical cannabis or also legalized uh, cannabis for everybody have seen a drop in, in accident rates on their roads because some people choose cannabis over alcohol. Uh, the, the, the idea that cannabis is heavily impairing for drivers is simply not true. It can be if in large dosages, absolutely. Right. But the way most people use cannabis, it is certainly less impairing than legal quantities of alcohol are. And, and really, you know, we have so many pharmaceutical drugs that can impair your driving. And we don't have breathalyzer tests for those. What we have are warning labels saying don't operate heavy machinery after yeah. taking this capsule. Well, I don't mind some warning labels saying don't operate heavy machinery after eating this brownie. I think that's appropriate. Sure. But, but we, do, we deal with, with impairment by walking a straight line, touching your nose, all these things. And we only really have these special rules for alcohol because alcohol is a deadly scourge that causes more traffic accidents than all other substances combined. But with cannabis, I think it's reasonable just to treat it like every other impairing substance, which is to put a warning label on it, and if you think someone's impaired, make them walk a straight line. The notion that somehow prohibition is keeping people from using and legalization is opening the floodgates, it's just, that's not going to happen, is it? I don't think so. I think that cannabis is already very widespread in Canada. I'm not sure we could see higher rates of use. We might see more people using cannabis products like creams and salves and, and things like that, you know, and who maybe aren't into getting high but just want some arthritis relief. And so they'll use some, some cannabis cream, and that's probably a good thing. But I, I don't think we'll see more people smoking joints under legalization. I think it'll probably be less. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, we'll. Expect that legislation, we're told, sometime this month. In the meantime, we know it's going down tonight, 7 o'clock, at the Forest Heights Community Association. Um, a lot of questions, I guess, as to how that's going to go. OvergrowCanada.com is the website. Dana, thanks for coming in here today. Hey, Appreciate my pleasure. It. Thank you very much. All right, there you go. Dana Larson, Overgrow Canada. We're back with more right after this. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge, starting at 1230 on News Talk 770 Calgary.